0: Tilecast, news, features, and analysis brought to you by Diary of a Tile Addict. In this episode, our tile addicts, Han and Joe, give their take on timeless design and the chatbot effect. There seems to be a division in the design world about the importance of using finishes that could be classed as timeless. What's your take?
1: Right. Well, it's really down how do you define timeless. Uh, for me, I take a kind of historical perspective, um, but I don't not necessarily mean that something that's been around for a long time is timeless going forward. But that's my take on it, that it's something that has worked once either you know 50 100 years ago or several hundred years ago and still looks as good today for example i would say something like terrazzo is very good white marble timeless solid oak is timeless is all, and and then how those are applied in certain ways you know make them timeless
0: are all iterations of those materials timeless cuz I, I know plenty of people that would say terrazzo can look dated just in general they weren't given uh, I, a chance
1: uh, that's absolutely right and it can but that's because I think each period of design if, if you grew up with it so whatever something that was your your parents generation was fashionable almost in, inevitably gets rejected by the following generation and then the next generation on reinvent it and they start doing it and then so people of you know it's like people of my age would suddenly go oh yeah that's really good I remember that when I was a young nipper, and then there's a generation in the middle that didn't. I don't know whether that makes it timeless, but I think um, that there are certain materials and how they are used are timeless.
0: So I would say timeless, timeless products, timeless design. In and of themselves, they don't, they aren't. Uh, characteristic of any particular time period i think we can have some allowances here that obviously they're from a time of industry um but for example a white metro tile a white hexagonal tile white generally i think is um has been named as one of the most timeless um timeless colors for these timeless tiles
1: quite apart from the argument that is white to colour. Um, I would say that, yes, generally it, it will be, it's, the problem is you're talking about timeless design and you're talking about timeless materials. And naturally what we tend to do is write about materials. And sometimes we write about them in isolation rather than as part of a design school or a design movement. But I would say plain, plain colours in certain materials, timeless. Pattern quite often is very specific to a certain era. But then in time, in tiles there are exceptions to the rule and I would say that um, Moorish architecture and the patterns that came through with that are just are timeless. That's because they've got the religious underpinning to them um, and so they tend to be repeated, there are new iterations of them and they are quite literally timeless.
0: So predominantly geometric patterns or... What other kind of designs would you consider in the same realm?
1: Yeah, I think I think we are talking predominantly geometrics. One of the obvious good things about that, the Moorish art, um, is because they cannot have figurative designs, then you are talking about shapes, patterns, colours that are uh, they are timeless because they are mathematical. And if you look at some of the new designs coming through now, a lot of it is about very simple shapes used very cleverly, whether they're you know interlocking interlocking shapes of the tiles themselves or patterns that run across them um, and I think they will stand the test of time whereas something that you can clearly identify with a certain period I mean and you know when I was first writing about tiles bathing hippos used on bathroom tiles or hot air balloons or frogs were there the way that they were rendered made them very specific to the 1970s and my feeling is even if you, you if you came back to them now and launched them now, people would just look at you slightly strangely, a bit like you know if you now look at a Benny Hill sketch, it's it's a little bit um, you know, it's not of this generation. The tastes have, have changed.
0: Do you think it's just the way that they're drawn, or the the fact that those subject matters are used at all? For example, the the bathroom nostellos with a a beach scene, or Turtles or whatever would you say that automatically ages a place
1: i my personal feeling is they have a very short shelf life those kind of things because they are so easy to fix in a certain time and quite often a certain place so not timeless whereas a hexagonal tile yes they might be very fashionable now but they'll be very fashionable in a hundred years and they were very fashionable a hundred years previously
0: so these designs that have very particular parameters whether it's the shapes the the color the subject matter do you think that's killing creativity in any way
1: i don't think it is i one of the interesting things about tiles i think is because you're already constrained by a set, effectively producing a two-dimensional object i mean yes there are tiles with bumpy faces and but essentially you're talking about two-dimensional thing it actually i think it in inspires people to be creative because they can't be creative by how they sculpt something. Or, you know, we like with, with carpenters can put turned edges and all that kind of fancy work, scroll work. You can't do that with tiles. So you have to actually be quite clever with with glaze, clever with colour, clever with pattern. Um, so I, th- I don't believe that. I, I think there is a slight danger that with digital decoration, just as you used to find with people who got their first uh, desktop publishing thing, is that they design something that the parameters of the equipment rather than sit down with a literally a, a blank idea of what they're going to produce and then work out how to do it digitally. Um, and I don't like the idea of the sort of, yes, anything you couldn't take a digital photograph of, you can produce a tile with. That's not creative in my book. It might be very clever, it might look very good, But real creativity is when you explore what can tile do and run with it.
0: On the flip side, if the tile is very plain, you can be creative with the rest of the room in a lot of different ways. And I would say usually those ways are less likely to create a significant amount of waste. So would you say that that is something that should be considered in design or
1: you should let your creativity (laughs) run free? Uh, yes, have I got my tile addict hat on, or have I got my commercial interior hat on? Because I think you're absolutely right, and they, you know, one of the kind of off-repeated s- sayings is um, ninety. You know, you have all these sexy things in your showroom, but ninety percent of the time you're selling white tiles, and it's true. Um, and in in America, it used to be, you know, if you were being daring, it would be ivory or bone, um, but I, I I, fervently believe that there must be a place for bold colours, good design in tiles. And I still see tiles that are achingly beautiful. Are they timeless? I don't know. But does that matter? Um, also, I'm not sure of. I think it's a bit of a shame when and one of the things all these property programmes tend to do is concentrate on painting everything very simplistic colours for resale values. But how many times have you gone into a house and go, oh, look at that white. Isn't that stunning? The houses that make you go, oh, I've got colour, pattern, uh, personality. And that is what we should be aiming towards. We shouldn't all be aiming for some kind of bland all over colour. We should be aiming for individual creativity. And if we get it wrong, well, you know, five years' time, let's put something else in.
0: I think that's a good end point.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Probably a subject we'll pick up again <laughs> going forward. I think we ought to, to uh, deal with the hot topic at the moment, hot news topic of Chat GPT. Um, the reason I got interested in it was a guy who is very big in the worktop fabrication industry just sent me a message on my mobile phone out of you know no no out of absolutely nothing to say, hey Joe, what do you think about Chat GPT? I think it's a real game changer. Which I immediately thought, "Oh, what is it?" Um, and then I thought, "Ah, oh, a much better thing for a younger person, first of a younger generation." So, Han, what is Chat GPT?
0: Um, Chat GPT is basically artificial intelligence that's scraped a lot of information off of the internet. I think up until twenty nineteen, and you can interact with it in a conversational way and it will provide you with sometimes coherent answers to your questions or requests um, and sometimes absolute rubbish.
1: Okay well because the, the reason why I don't know much about it is every time I try and log on I just get a message saying due to the you know quadrillion numbers of people trying to access this service at the moment come back later Um, so I've never actually been able to play with it but I understand it can do all sorts of things like write poetry uh, produce a press release in the style of Thackeray or Shakespeare um, and but it must be something more intelligent than sensible it can do so what are its other functions how do you see it
0: it can I think a lot of people so far a lot of influencers have used it to write captions for their instagram posts i don't fully know how they write the prompts so that they're accurate or um saying what they want it to say but yeah you can get it to write articles for you you can get it to i think write school papers and a lot of um students have been doing that i think um there is some capacity for it to write um code software code but from what I understand you still have to have a decent knowledge of what you're asking it to create to make sure that it's it's doing what you've asked it to do yeah it can do a lot of things within reason
1: okay so last week's post on diary of a tile addict about getting chat gpt to design a tile how does that work
0: Well, it it just didn't work. I didn't ask it to design a tile. I asked it to write an article for me about a real tile collection, which I don't think it fully understood. I didn't want it to make up a tile collection. I wanted it to talk about a real tile collection, just to see if it would find one, pick one, and write whatever it could about it. It didn't do that. It created its own hilarious thing, that I, I can't visualise still exactly what it thinks it's writing about.
1: Well, I thought it was really interesting because it appeared to me to produce a tile. It was, you know, I think you'd ask it to do a bathroom tile, so it had a tile with lots of toilets on it I, or I, toilet shapes.
0: I didn't ask it to, to do anything to do with bathrooms. It just, I think, decided that's a very common thing related to tiles, so I'm going for that that's no which i thought in. was
1: hilarious because it was it was a very british sense of humor the tile appeared to have and it, as i've mentioned benny hill but it was very benny hill but what was even funnier was the reaction we got from people going blimey i didn't like the tile it designed and were clearly thinking that we were in some way kind of endorsing this idea of this very strange wc shaped tile um but yeah, it, it both showed how clever it was and its limitations. I thought.
0: Yeah, it it can spark creativity, but it definitely can't do the full job yeah. without someone um, monitoring it and editing it.
1: Uh, um what was interesting to follow up to that was that obviously with Chat GPT, which is the Microsoft one, as was going up against Google's Bard, and Bard rather shot its parent company in the foot by coming up with a duff answer and wiping a billion pounds off Google's share price almost instantaneously. Um, So that clearly told to me two things. One was be very careful about claiming that these things can do more than they can. And the other was a lot of people must be paying attention for it to have such an instant impact on the share price that it didn't appear to be performing very well.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely been a game changer for a lot of for a lot of people in a lot of industries but highlighting that it it cannot replace humans just yet is is important it can do a lot of the it can do the the mundane tasks of for example writing the captions or even replying to comments but you still need to know what you want it to do enough that you would be able to do it for it to do a job instead of you, if that makes sense. So you just would then have to take on a separate role of editing it, changing it, figuring out the best way to write a prompt. So, so far, it's not hugely threatening, but it is entertaining. So I,
1: I had two takes in it. One was, oh, I should be threatened. This thing is going to take over my role. And my role obviously is to be the world's foremost person who writes about tiles. And the other one was, Oh, brilliant. I could just set this machine to do it and go and sit by the beach all day while it writes all the stuff about tiles that I normally do. I
0: had those exact same thoughts, which is why I immediately went to it. This would have been, I think, in December. It came out in November, and I think I heard about it not long after that. Immediately panicking, thinking it's going to replace all copywriters or all, all writers really it could so i asked it the same questions i would ask myself if i'm about to write an article and um it just came out with nonsense and that made me feel significantly better about my abilities or not if not nonsense not, it wasn't inspiring it wasn't something you would want to place for example as a blog post for a, a manufacturer or a tar distributor it's not something that would inspire their customers so I didn't
1: yeah. feel... Interesting, but the story that was coming out on the news one about, uh, say, this, the Google versus Microsoft kind of bot wars was that it was going to actually... They were going to use it to improve the functionality of a normal search engine. So rather than be a sort of standalone tool, it was an in- intelligent tool that would effectively keep talking to itself to improve the functionality of a, a search engine. Is that is that how you see it?
0: Um, I did see today um, the option for an add-on in, I think it was on Google Chrome, to a ChatGPT add-on that would provide you with a result alongside the google results that maybe has essentially skimmed all of those websites and has the answer there but it still gives you the option to then go through the the websites that would have come up with a regular google search
1: so if it's really clever it would just give google a whole load of stupid answers then wouldn't it and keep all the good answers <laughs> for uh, for bart well,
0: i read that before i i had heard anything about bard so i honestly didn't look into it that much but i think that that is one of the applications there yeah sorry for
1: simpsons fans it's bard not bart but it's in my (laughs) own mind it's kind of i have pictured it now as a sort of naughty little boy (laughs) um it seems like a strange name so anyway so chat gpt um probably another topic we're going to have to come back to um but i'm now wanting to work out why it was a game changer for this for this guy. Um, I'm going to have to ask him that question because I don't think it's going to be changing my game anytime soon.
0: You've been listening to Tilecast, produced by Diary of a Tile Addict. To ensure you don't miss any future episodes, don't forget to follow us. You can also find show notes and receive updates on news feeds, articles, podcasts and videos direct to your inbox by subscribing to the diaryofatileaddict.com website. Get the Inside Track, a diary of a tile addict.